Let's continue our daily Bible reading in 2 Corinthians, the second of Paul's letters that we have that he wrote to the church in the town of Corinth. In the second chapter, we really get into some, some areas where we're not 100% sure of, of how many letters Paul actually wrote to Corinth. He refers to a, a painful visit that he had with them. He, he doesn't give a whole lot of details about that, although if you remember in 1 Corinthians, he does confront them for uh, various things that they were doing, unethical kinds of things, and and it may be reference to that. But here, here's the long and short of all of that. This is a real congregation. This is real people that have real family issues. They have church issues. Jesus Christ came to a fallen world. Jesus died between two thieves. Um, he came to be in the midst of this world. The church is in the midst of the world too. It's not a perfect place. The church is not a place for perfect people. The church is a place for people who are sinners who need to repent, know that they need that, but also know that they're going to find what they need there in the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. And it's a good example of it in chapter two, because this painful visit is one where Paul encourages them that he made that, but he made that on behalf of them because he loved them. Um, and he did this out of love. It would have been much easier for Paul just to overlook this and, and not do anything about it. It took much more love to say, no, what's happening here is not good. It's not right. We need to say something. Something needs to be done. Uh, but then once that's done and, and the party is turned turned back and they're back into fellowship, it, you, you rejoice at, at having them a part of the fellowship and, and, and you bring them back in. And that's really the goal. The goal of, of Christian discipline is, is not to get rid of people. It's to restore them. It's to bring them back. They've, we, we get rid of ourselves when we fall into sin and, and when we don't see uh, what's going on there and we think everything is okay. Thank God uh, that we have those who love us enough uh, that confront us on that and, and help bring us back into the fold. And that's really what it's all about. So we don't know the exact situation that Paul's talking about here. He does talk about that it's something that causes us pain. It pains us when we see brothers and sisters in Christ struggling or struggling with sin too. It should. We shouldn't just say, hey, it's my life. I'll do with it what I want to, or that's their situation. I'm not my brother's keeper. No, that's not the Christian way. Uh, we love and we care for each other as a, as a Christian family. So notice Paul emphasizes that in verse 5 and onward where he says, you know, when, when this pain is caused, um, we all suffer in that. So in the body of Jesus Christ, just like in the family or just like in marriage, if one person's hurting, we're all hurting. If, if one has sinned, we all have to be a part of that. Um, and, and when... Um, uh, when someone is in pain, uh, we all heard it along. This is just as when there's some good things that happen, and when when blessed things happen, we share in that. We rejoice at the you know birth of a child for someone in in the congregation or a grandchild or something on that order. Um, so we have both of those. We're called to laugh with those who laugh and cry with those who cry. Um, and notice that in verse seven he says, "What we need to do then, when there is forgiveness, when there or when there is a person comes back and and repents and is restored, uh, we need to turn to forgive and to comfort them. Uh, that's an important part. Uh, and and to realize at verse eleven he says, realize that Satan is trying to do everything he can to split us up. Satan's plans and purposes is to destroy congregations, to destroy family, to destroy community, to destroy marriage." Those are all the things that are most precious to God. And can, since Satan can't get to God, he has no power over God. He's going to go after those who are most precious to him. And that's us. And that's the, uh, and that's the church. Um, so uh, uh, he, then he says uh, in the last part of the chapter, um, he reminds us again 
of, of his plans to come and to visit and how, how he agonized over these churches and his passion and his love for them and what he really wanted for them. And he closes off by saying in the last couple of verses, don't you know that you and I are an aroma to the world, to those who are not being saved, to those who reject it, we're, our, we're an aroma to death, but to those who are being saved, we're an aroma to life. We want to be, our goal is, just as God's is, that we would be the aroma to life. That is, that in preaching about Christ and repenting and coming back to him, people would do that. And, and then that, that sweet smell and aroma of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ would be, would be sweet smelling, would be there for life. But, but for those who reject it, unfortunately, it's, uh, it's to death. So you see a real, real sense in chapter two here in Paul's uh, heart as a pastor, as a shepherd to his flock. Of, of the love of, of brothers and sisters in Christ that needs to be expressed, of the real world that we live in. There is no perfect church out there. Um, it, it, is, it is a fallen church. That's why Christ came to this world. But his love, as we're ta talking about in uh, confirmation or in uh, Vacation Bible School, is truly monumental. And we thank him for that. None of us deserve it. It's all given to us as a gift of God. Therefore, we are truly indebted to God to be servants uh, of others always. Uh, for the sake of Jesus Christ. So God bless you as you read.